Hello, and welcome to another episode of Listen. How are you guys? Hope you guys are having a wonderful week. Happy New Year. For some of you, this might be your first episode of 2021. And for that, I am so grateful. And thank you for arriving at this point in your life. Welcome to episode number 23 of Listen, titled Take Number 23, What's Not to Love About My Mind and Body. I'm your host, Rupal Goyle, but you can call me Roops. This is a show where I give hot takes and social commentary on topics I actually do have some business giving hot takes about. You know, I used to say I don't, but I think that after two years of doing this gig, I have a little bit of experience under my, you know, belt. Each week, I cover a different topic with a super cool and qualified featured guest. This week, I'll be chatting with my lovely friend Tara about body positivity, our self-esteem and our growth and journey there, and how it feels to have grown and developed, especially after, you know, our own personal struggles. So my guest this week is a creative and an artist, and her joys include helping people love themselves and grow, especially through art and self-expression, which I think is absolutely beautiful. Now, without further ado, let's roll. Tara, would you like to introduce yourself? (laughs) Yes. Hello. Um, First of all, I am so incredibly honored and I just feel so blessed and so grateful to have been so warmly welcomed um, onto your amazing podcast. Um, It is so wonderful to be here and I am so excited to talk about something so near and dear to my heart um, with you and with everyone listening and I just can't wait to get started. I'm so excited. I am so excited. Guys, Tara and I go way back. I unearthed a picture from like (laughs) the early 2014s of our life on my Instagram that, you know, I was about to go archive and then I thought, nah, we're going to leave it up just, you know, just, just to keep it alive, to keep the memory alive. But, you know, if you, if you went to high school and you were within any like two or three years within my graduation, you probably knew who Tara was um, and definitely had a very good, highly positive opinion. No one had anything bad to say about you ever. Like I, I was like obsessed with you without ever meeting you. So the fact that I got to was super exciting for me, but I've had the pleasure of keeping up with and tracking your life story through your social media, which, you know, sounds very creepy when I put it that way. (laughs) But (laughs) the thing is, is that some people, some people use social media, everyone uses social media differently, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'll use it to catalog my life. Um, It used to be very curated. It used to be kind of weird, kind of quirky. And then I shifted into being more honest and open um, and using it to express myself and my opinions and a pretty reasonable manner through now my podcast, right? There are some people who use it simply to talk about their friends and family. Then there are others who use it, I think, to really try and make a difference and a splash in the world. And I think Tara falls into category number three, which is really putting herself out there authentically, dangerously, um, and living life with true reckless abandon. People use that. People use those types of terms pretty loosely, but I personally think from everything I've seen um, that that's really how you do it. So I wanted to ask you, like, how how have you utilized your very big, very exciting platform to share your messages of body positivity and growth? Like, how did that start for you? And how has that kind of um, morphed as you've grown? 
Well, first of all, thank you so much for saying all of those things. I literally have tears in my eyes. Um, it started back in 2018. Um, I believe it was um, it was my senior year. No, that was 26. Oh my God, I feel old. It was 2016. <laughs> it had just recently turned 2016. So it was January of that year. And um, I had um, had a lot of things go wrong in my life uh, socially. Um, and um, basically, I felt very vulnerable. And um, I had a lot of the things um, that I was vulnerable about used against me. Um, and um, not in a widespread, like, quote-unquote attack way but more just in a personal way and so I had to sit with myself and um because I I have struggled with an eating disorder since honestly probably since I was 11 or 12 so it, it had been it's been a part of my life um for as long as I can remember honestly and um now I'm two years recovered woot woot um but at the time, thank you. Um, but at the time, you know, um, that was one of the things that was kind of used against me. And not only in that way, but also um, emotionally, my, my self-worth, who I am as a person, my personality, you know, all of those things. And I had gone through some medical issues that, that caused some stress in my body as I went through puberty. As, as a woman, too, our bodies are very volatile and they're changing all the time and they're beautiful in that way. Um, but I, I was kind of forced to sit with these things um, and realize, gee, uh, this is all very real in my life. And, you know, honestly, when I think back to it, I can't quite pinpoint what it was that told me to talk about it. Um, I think when I was so deeply hurt um, by the vulnerabilities that were used against me, or when I was just so sick of dealing with the weight and the heaviness of, you know, body dysmorphia and feelings of worthlessness, really heavy topics like that, um, I almost had a moment with myself where I was just like, oh, if I tell everyone about what I'm going through, absolutely no one can mess with me because if someone were to attack me like if 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 someone were to come out attack is such a strong word but like you know what i mean like if to just like mentally emotionally socially come for me um and use these things that they know i'm struggling with against me well if i already recognize that i struggle with them if i tell people that i struggle with them well then what's the big deal you know uh, someone would come up to me, you know, and say something and I'm like, yep, like, that's what I'm struggling with. Like, I own it. What are you struggling with? Cause I know you're struggling with something too. Let me help you. And it was amazing because, um, I first posted about it, um, in 2016 and I was just amazed and astounded by how, when we open up our platforms to become these vast open spaces of truth and vulnerability, it becomes this just beautiful platform where other people can can share and and empathize and um, relate, and, and it just takes such a heavy weight off of everyone's shoulders. And um, ever since then, um, that I have, you know, um, 
just kind of made that the center of my focus whenever I post on Instagram. It's, is it intentional? Is it authentic? You know, because sometimes I just post weird stuff for fun, like weird up close pictures of my dog. But, you know, <laughs> like, you know, what am I doing? How am I affecting people? Because social media, as we've seen over the years, as it has grown, plays such a massive part in our lives in our feelings of self-worth and self-esteem, especially when it comes to physical appearance. And so whenever I post, um, I, starting then, um, I refuse to hide behind anything because I, I think it's like a reverse thing. Like when you wear your vulnerabilities, like on your sleeve, like you are, is it okay if I curse on here? This is my favorite. Absolutely. Okay. My favorite word is unfuckwithable. Yeah. No one can fuck with you. Literally no one. And it's not like in a defense, a defensive way, but literally like a confidence, just like a, yes, like these are what I, this is what I struggle with. These are my struggles and they are what make me beautiful. In fact, looking back on everything that I struggle with, I would not be who I am without it. It, it, That makes me just as whole as any other healthier part of my life makes me whole. And I think that you know, vulnerabilities while they're, like you said, dangerous, people can use them against you. And I've had people use them against me. I only know that people do that is because they are scared. It's because they are insecure. Those people are the people that we need to show the most love to. And sometimes that's really difficult, but the way in which we can love people, especially the ones who don't treat us well, um, is by simply existing authentically. And that is in our control. And that is something that we can do. Exactly. You can never mean we are not responsible for other people's actions. And when they treat you poorly, that is reflecting on their character and their experience and certainly nothing that we have caused or enabled, Mm -hmm. right? All we can do is take what they've done to us and either let it hurt us or let it help us grow. Right. And sometimes both. But Exactly. I was just going to say, I think sometimes, I mean, there's obviously a boundary but it's very necessary to let ourselves feel those feelings and not try to shove them away. And I've had to learn oh, yes. that in 2020, this last year, just sitting, having to sit with things, you know, until, oh, okay. Like I can move past that now and grow. Oh yeah. The compartmentalization game is deadly and no fun because <laughs> all that you end up doing is taking something gnarly and stuffing it away in the hopes it will disappear magically and all that means is that gnarly thing will emerge when you least expect it so I 100% get it and I do you know I have clocked the change in both of our social media behaviors but especially since since high school you know feels like a lifetime away I've personally blocked every memory out of my brain but now nowadays it's it's cool to be vulnerable on social. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And it builds a whole new host of relationships with people. Because mm-hmm. like you said, like we're all kind of like struggling. But when you open yourself up like that, you have empowered others who are usually silent to speak mm-hmm. as well. And nothing brings me more joy than having someone tell me that they related to something I said or that they enjoyed a piece of work I put out there. It's just the biggest confidence boost and makes me feel so much more whole when I'm able to tell my story and have it resonate. So I like applaud you because it is, you know, we mentioned how it can be dangerous, but it's only dangerous if we let it be dangerous. It's like you said, if you put it out there, what are you going to say to me that I haven't already said to myself? 
Exactly. That's exactly it. Yes. And even it was honestly just yesterday I posted something and then I had a moment of panic where like, oh shoot, like, was that too much? Like, was that too vulnerable? Was was that a lot? And then I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, think about the reason why you posted it. What message did you want to share? I know that like, that was scary, very scary for me, but I was like, there's something greater than my fear. And what's greater than my fear is the hope and possibility that I can maybe help someone else. Yep. You know, because I mean, I I know I'm not the only person who feels who feels stuff like that, especially after posting sometimes, which is and then I'm like, why? Like literally why? Like it's it almost seems silly, but it's so real to us. It's become like a second life almost, which is scary, you know, not for everyone, but um sometimes it feels that way. And I'm just like, wait a minute, that's not real life. That there's something bigger. There's always something bigger. Exactly. I mean, not to put your socials on blast, but your bio that I pulled up just to remind mm-hmm. myself is <laughs> be unapologetic about who you are plus the value you add to this world yeah. is so is so impactful because first of all, we, especially as women, <laughs> say sorry way too often for the space we take up, right. um, both physically and emotionally, which that's a load of bullshit, guys, please um, don't do that. I say sorry for everything. So I need to kick that habit too. But um, just don't, don't let the opinions of others, again, easier said than done. I struggle with this. We all do. But like letting the opinions of others dictate the mm-hmm. way you live your life is so painful comparison is the thief of joy mm-hmm. this applies to body image mm-hmm. as well as your like you know mental emotional spiritual health and everything mm-hmm. so i think this is a pretty good transition for me to ask about your body your body positivity post specifically because i mean i've noticed like you express yourself a lot through dance through mm-hmm. music and art but the images that stick with me and resonate are when you talk about accepting your body and accepting yourself because I, I face that challenge every day. Mm. And so do I, I I think, you know, and and a lot of uh, female identifying individuals do too. And obviously as do male identifying people, but uh, there's an especially a deep pressure on females. um, And it's ingrained in us from a very young age. In fact, I have my first like cognizant memory of comparing my body um, to another girl's body literally when I was in the second grade. I was eight. Like, how does that happen? You know, just stuff like that. So it's it's in the commercials we see in the scenes of movies that flash on television, you know, when we're young, when we're little girls and um my journey with with body positivity it's been a long one um it's been a very long one and um i first started struggling um in the 5th grade is kind of the first time that something was like ding 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 like something's wrong with you um a lot of people made fun i got made fun of a lot um in late elementary school and all throughout middle school um i was a very muscular woman I am still a very muscular woman. That's just my build. And um, I was uh, ridiculed a lot for just the way that I looked Um, a lot of times by um, boys. um, They would call me man arms, thunder thighs. Um, I've gotten physically slapped in the face. I've had a uh, sandwich taken out of my hands, told me that I didn't need the calories. I've been told 
you'll never be loved by a man because you look like one, just all of this stuff as a young preteen girl. And that sticks with you. And, but the thing is, is like, my story is not a unique one. Like this is universal. Like I think every woman, no matter what they look like, you know, have been ridiculed, whether it's like personally or, you know, by some sort of ad on TV about, oh, you should look this way or just by the media that we consume. And, um, you know, so I always never felt at home in my body. In fact, I never felt like a woman in my woman body. And um, it wasn't until my junior year of college. um, That's kind of when things started changing for me. And, um, you know, I'm going to be super transparent on here as well. Um, I, I did a lot of things that I, I am not proud of. I abused medications. I, you know, I did a lot of things just to try and make myself look a certain way to feel better. Um, it went on for years and, um, what I finally realized was, um, I was coming home from college after my sophomore year and I was, um, you know, I refused to go see a therapist. My friends tried to call one for me. Um, you know, I was, you know, my parents were really worried about me. They were thinking about sending me into inpatient, which like nothing against that so much respect, um, for the, the people that go there. Um, but I was on my way home and I was like, no, I don't want to do that. This is not my life and something has to change for me. And um I remember like literally this sounds like a movie scene. It's like all set up in my mind, but it was just I distinctly remember stepping out of my car like after the 13-hour drive from Elon, which is where I went to college, and just saying to myself, something is going to change. And it was that summer um in those 3 months um, and a lot happened for, for me. Um, you know, I, I journaled for 30 minutes every morning. I really, um, focused on my faith. That's something that's personal for me. Um, my faith and, um, I started, um, just really getting in touch with that element of my life. Um, I ate three meals a day. I treated my body like a human body. And I realized that who I am, my worth I was able to separate my worth from my physical. Um, and, um, like I mentioned, this is my personal journey. And I found that through my, my faith and discovering that. And, um, I will say, um, after I, I specifically struggled with anorexia, orthorexia, and, um, she never goes away. Uh, she never goes away. She's, she's always there. I named mine. Her name is Tina. That helps me separate it from myself. I'm like, nope, that's not me. That's Tina. And, um, I, I, I don't, it's like a, it's a very slow, steady, it's brain work. That's what I, it's like brain homework. It's constant mental, emotional, physical work. And, um, I think what, what blew my mind, I was like, wait, like, how am I the healthiest I've ever been when I eat three meals a day? And when I, you know what I mean? Cause in my mind, my twisted mind, it's was like, Oh, you shouldn't eat, but it's, it's crazy. Like our bodies are precious gems. We are, we are children. We are machines. And when we treat our miracle machine, our bodies, like they were meant to be treated, well, everything falls into place. And we spend so much time manipulating them to look a certain way. And you know what? 
I will, I will never have what society deems as perfect, but I am perfect for me. I treat my body well. I, I eat what I, what I want to eat in moderation with people I love. And yeah, I'm not going to have long legs. I can't order a new pair of legs off Amazon and I don't have, you know, a big chest or, you know, I I'm, I'm not dainty by any means. Um, but I, I finally am learning and learning every day. Um, I don't think loving yourself is something to achieve. I think it's a journey we're always going to be on for as long as we're on this earth. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a really beautiful journey. And, and to be honest, I haven't, like I just said, I, I haven't achieved it. I don't think I ever will. It's just a slow and steady brain work process that I feel super grateful to be on. And certainly, most definitely would not would not be feeling this way if I were to have just done this alone. I think um, it is imperative to have a support system, whether it is a therapist, your family, a good group of friends. Um, yeah, um, I, I feel so blessed to be so supported. Um, but uh, like we were talking about earlier, it's a choice. It is a choice to see um, things for for what they are, you know, um, to not just look at things, but to really see them, to really think about um, who you are and why you're doing what you do and where it's going to take you. What's the intention behind it? And um, intention is really uh, what fuels a lot of my self-healing Um just asking myself, why am I doing this? Where is it going to take me? And also knowing that it's perfectly okay to do something just because you want to sometimes. Exactly. You don't need a reason for everything. No. <laughs> you, <laughs> no don't. you don't. You don't. And you need to quit just of trying to justify every decision you yes, make. Yes. Thank you for saying that. That's right. There's just no point. It's a, na- it's a nasty little spiral of you continuously apologizing and making trying to find reasons to do the things you do and take up the space you take up. And like I said, we don't need to be apologizing for taking up any Mm -hmm. molecules on this Mm -hmm. earth. There's just no point. And I really like what you said. I have to emphasize the fact that like, we will never be what society deems is perfect, but we are perfect in the way that we are. You know, I am who, who we are is beautiful and amazing. And as you know, cliche as it sounds to be like, I love myself, but I love myself. And it has been a long journey to get to that point. And it will never stop. Like you said, the train is continuing forever. Mm -hmm. Um, Self-love is not a destination. It is a path. And you have to very intentionally force yourself every day to reckon with it. Yeah. As as painful as it is. Right. Whether it's through journaling or therapy and everything. Exactly. And and who we are as individuals is necessary. Not only are we beautiful and amazing, but we are necessary in our individualities and our personalities and our beautiful body shapes and silhouettes. Like it's necessary that the difference, the, the beauty, the every little bit of it, you know, and um, something you were mentioning about um, comparison is a thief of joy. Um, I really, something that helps me is I like to look at life through two different lenses, a vertical and a horizontal. When we are looking horizontally, we are looking at everyone around us. We're looking at what's going on, you know, in our world and our communities, so caught up, you know, and what's going on. And when it's vertical, it's just for myself, you know, I, I, I'm really strong in my faith, but also 
it's an internal, you know, whatever you believe to be, you know, a higher power, the universe, God, whatever you believe in up there. And then down here, the internal inside yourself, you know, what's going on with me? Where am I? Where are my eyes focused? You know what I mean? So it's like the vertical versus the horizontal way of thinking um, is really imperative for myself too, because I get way too horizontal sometimes. I think we all do. That's a really interesting perspective. And I I wish I had, oh man, I wish someone had told me that when I was in New York because I was absolutely. How was New York? It was, so here's the thing. Um, New York was amazing and beautiful and incredible. And I want to go back every single day, but it's, it was also a time where I was, you know, reckoning with my body and my choices and what I looked like and what people thought of me, especially as I entered post-grad life away from my home it was being away from your original support system and trying to find yourself it can be a little bit of a stumble and so I was you've probably heard of this as have many of you because it's a very popular fad but intermittent fasting came into my life and you know I thought this is it you know And so when I started that, I, because my mentality was always go big or go home, I didn't, I didn't ease into intermittent fasting. I went straight to OMAD, which is one meal a day. And yep. What? Yes. And now obviously looking back, I'm like, girl, please. But when I was doing that, like many people don't, many people don't know this. I don't think anyone knows this, but um, so surprise. Uh, <laughs> when I was when I was in New York, there were a couple of months I was working from home, so I was alone, and no one could really police the fact that I was doing one meal a day or one meal every couple of hours. That's not healthy, right? And I would justify like, oh, when I come back on the weekends, like when I'm out on the weekends, I'm eating terribly. You know, it's New York. I'm trying all the things I can try, but during the week. I can do one healthy meal and it's great. And like you said, our bodies are beautiful miracle machines. The fact that I have two legs that take me from room to room and a brain that operates all of that. Yeah. And, crazy. and we like the fact that I have a little meat suit guiding everything I do, <laughs> extremely weird. So why would I sit here and feed it crumbs and expect anything good to come out of that? Like I was there were a couple of weeks I was so angsty and just mad. And I was like, why am I angsty? This is my favorite city in this entire universe. And then once I started working in person and had to like, you know, go to the office and eat with my peers and got back to a very regular normal regimen, I was like, wow, I can feel emotions and see colors. <laughs> and it's like my entire worldview kind of changed. And I was so much happier, but seeing the validation from, you know, friends like, oh, wow, you look like you lost weight yeah. or, oh my gosh, you, you look so good. You look so good as code for, you look like you've lost weight in some, yeah. for some people. Right. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. cult- and culturally for me, like there is a big, like, like I don't look the, like for some people, I don't look the way I should. And it's mm-hmm. taken me a long time to like, you know, grapple with that, like the, mm-hmm. like the community, like the aunties who have a lot of things to say to you or like people that are like well-wishers, but at the same time want to police your body. Um, 
there are so many dimensions that affect, you know, your self-esteem. So like for me growing up, that was okay. Like my nicknames would center around my weight. Like it's, it's kind of like, like a pet name in India translates to like fat basically, but they say it cause it's cute. But then when, if that's the only thing you hear, you're like, that's me. And so it's not cute. Or, um, just like that whole endeavor. Like I, in college, I would be the one who went shopping with friends to help them buy clothes, but I was typically not the person purchasing for myself. I was very happy being everyone's personal shopper. And so that kind of culminated in me being bad to myself in New York during my internship. And then when I moved and then I had to really, really whip that into shape. And like, people were like, Oh, like she, like I bounced back. Right. My family was like, Oh, like you, you gained weight or, Oh, like, have you checked like what your weight is? Like make sure you're like staying healthy and things like that. But it's just like the little, the little things start adding up. Right. So that's when, that's why I really like what you said about horizontal versus vertical, because I just sat there continuously looking horizontally. There was no, there was no vertical vision going on. Well, it's hard. Yeah. That is the harder of the two. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I hate introspection. Don't make me introspect. (laughs) Like I really like, listen, I already know how I think and feel. I sit at night going through the highlight reel of embarrassing moments in RuPaul's life pretty much every (laughs) night. So the fact that like, now you want me to journal and Mm -hmm. examine self-love guys, Mm -hmm. but I do it and girl, am I so much happier now? Right. And there's a lot of, I've, I've reflected a lot about why delving into self-love is scary. And, um, I, I believe that it is because in my opinion, you know, everything matters, but nothing matters at all, all at the same time. We have so much to do here. We have so much purpose here. We are here with reason and we are doing big things in our lives and in each other's lives. And it is scary to think of ourselves as these powerful, purposeful beings. Um, It's almost scary to, to think like that because it's almost as if we're afraid of our own potential. We're so afraid of the amazing things that we could achieve that instead we choose to hide or we ask ourselves, well, what if I fail? So we never give ourselves a chance to accept the love that comes our way, to share our gifts that we have, um, to share the art that we have. You know, the world needs what you have and who you are as much as society tries to convince us that. It doesn't, you know, it's, it's almost like it's some far off thing that we hopefully achieve, you know, but why can't it be you? Why shouldn't it be you? And, you know, it's a, some days I really feel that and other days I get really emo and I can't feel that, you know, it's not my perspective all the time, but most of the time I try to really hone in on that. And um, that's another thing. We cannot have expectations for our feelings or our emotions. Um, Some days they're just going to be hard. And that's okay. And you can't guilt or shame yourself for not working on self-love every day. Um, It's something that obviously is wonderful to practice, but it's not some strict regimen that that we need to shame ourselves for when we can't live up to our mental health standards that we've set. Um, Because I I found myself most of my issues concerning my worth and my purpose and, you know, as far as my career, especially as a performer, um, 
uh, gosh, you, you feel like, oh, by this time or by this moment, like I should have achieved this, you know, it's the same thing with our emotions. Um, why can't I feel this today? It's almost like you're frustrated for feeling frustrated, you know, stuff like that. And like, that doesn't help us either. So again, I'm just going to circle it back to intention, you know, and sometimes I can pull myself out of it. And sometimes I just need to cry and take a bath and that's okay. <laughs> you know? So yeah, I am very familiar with the yeah. cry in the shower yeah. to kind of pull myself together concept. Yes. That is my favorite time. That's you a can. good movie scene. You like pretend exactly. it's the rain. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus points if you leave your mascara on and it runs yeah. dramatically. Not that I've done that before ever. Bonus. I'm, I'm not. That's that's crazy. But it's. <laughs> I think you touched on something very important, and that is just the crippling feel of failure yeah. that applies in a lot of scenarios, right? The fear mm-hmm. of failure to live up to standards, to expectations, mm-hmm. to your own personal mm-hmm. self-imposed guidelines that you've set for yourself mm-hmm. that are so stupid. Like, why are you intentionally hurting yourself like this for, for arbitrary reasons? But, you know, it happens. We do it. But you have to be cognizant of the fact that you do. But this fear of failure in, like, am I where I need to be in my career? Am I where I need to be the way I look? Am I, do I have the right friends around me? Um, Am I achieving what I set out to do? And 100% understand that. Like, that's the reason I moved to New York was new new year, new city, new me. I hope I achieve everything I set out to do. And then when it didn't immediately happen, like, where's the instant gratification? I started spiraling. I was like, I am not used to not achieving those goals. And then Mm. life kind of hits you fast. Life comes at you fast. (laughs) That's real. You have to, you have to, you have to realign yourself and that's totally okay. You don't have to, there's no right way to love yourself and there's no correct description. There's no, there's no written guidebook on self-love and self-care. It's very, I think, intuitive. Like how do you feel in the moment? Thank you. Thank you for saying that. That's exactly right. Life hits you really fast. It's the instant gratification instant, or need for instant gratification or especially like, you know, like I remember I'd want to, oh, I'd like want to choreograph a dance or I'd write a, you know, write a song or whatever. And it's just like, I want people to like it. or I want it to be the finished product now. Like that's never how art works. That's, that's, that's never how anything meaningful ever works. Correct. Maybe by like random happenstance or luck or chance, but we can't expect that of ourselves. And that, that goes, you know, with our careers, with our bodies, with our emotional journeys, you know, like we can't just turn on a switch, you know, and then everything's different or we get everything we want. And I've definitely expected that of myself multiple times and saying it out loud feels so silly. Cause like your brain's like, Duh. like of course that's not yep. but for some reason we're like oh yeah this is gonna happen for me like i'm gonna make it happen. yeah, like, yeah. it's exactly. just silly You're it's because right. we have such lovely overblown ideas of ourselves that right. we can't handle the fact i can't handle the fact that you know success is not immediate that's just luck um mm-hmm. success oh, takes time again. that's right <laughs> Right. And um, boy, am I unlucky. So that means that I have to I have to put in the effort. I have to put in the time. And some of us hate doing that. I personally, when I don't get the intended result immediately, it causes me extreme amounts of stress and anxiety. 
like when this when this podcast didn't immediately blow up episode one I was like then what's the point yeah for a split second I was like why am I doing this and then I had to sit there and be like wait 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 wait. answer the questions who is this for really yeah who is the audience what am I getting out of it Mm -hmm. what do I hope that others are getting from it if I achieve that then it's successful I don't need to count the numbers that's right I don't I don't have a huge following I'm not at like I'm not even at 500 followers on Instagram I'm tiny and I don't care it doesn't matter because what matters to me is when that one person is like this was really good or one per like someone today at work followed my Instagram and I like sent him a thank you I was like oh my gosh thank you for following he's like oh yeah I saw like um, one of my friends sent me this post and like it really resonated it stuck with me and I was like oh my god something I said resonated with you yes something I said stuck with you yes that's the thing we are you know our minds want to do the biggest thing become the biggest whatever the greatest whatever you know but really we we make the most we pack the most punch and we make the biggest difference when we start small Yes. When we affect the people that we know, the people in our community, you know, that's where that's where we start. We don't have to be anywhere. We don't have to be a certain, you know, big enough like number of followers, whatever. Like you don't ha- you don't need any of that. In fact, you don't even have to know what you're doing in order to do something. I do not and I still don't. So thank yeah. you for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I <laughs> you know my my EP that I released earlier this year. Yes. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. People are like, how did I'm like, I don't know. I asked a bunch of people for help. Like I wrote some songs, I guess. Like you, that's really the beauty of life is we we feel like we need to know what we're doing, but you just you just dive on in there because you're you're worthy. You're good enough. You you just you just say, fuck it, I'm gonna do this because I want to. Because I've it's because I want to look back and I don't want to say I wish I would have. Yeah. You know, exactly. like that's you know, that's yes. Listen, yes, you don't have to know what you're doing. You just take, do it. Take weird risks. Um, do things that are out of character. Mm-hmm. Half half the funky guests I wouldn't have gotten on this podcast if I hadn't sent like an awkward 3 a.m. DM, <laughs> like, hey, just wanted to say. <laughs> Which is I think how I approached you. Um yeah, it wasn't awkward at all, but it was a DM. I think it was at like 2 a.m. or like like early morning. And I'm like, oh my yes. god, we're-. yes, I was <laughs> awake doing my cursory stock of everyone's Instagram. And I was like, oh, shit, (laughs) maybe, (laughs) maybe she'd be interested. It's listen, that's, that's the way I got the guy from the bachelor on my podcast and the bachelorette. Like what? Wait, (laughs) listen, listen to the episode right before this one (laughs) Uh, for um, Mike Johnson. Like I, I didn't get Mike Johnson through any official means. All I did was slide into the DMs at <laughs> literally at 3 a.m. You're an inspiration. That yeah. is amazing. And did, did I had no expectations he was going to reply, but yes. he did, right? I slid into the DMs back when he only had like 10,000 followers of the current, um, the one who just got engaged on The Bachelorette, okay. uh, Zach Clark. I slid, I slid into his DMs too. And he said, yes. I mean, obviously now that he's like, under contract it's not happening but um (laughs) i wait i have the patience of a saint when i want something sometimes that that was very counter um it it was not lining up with what i've been saying this whole podcast about (laughs) me wanting instant gratification but i'm learning yes how to be slow and steady yes and aren't we all that's right 
that you know that's I think the essence of this whole conversation is self-love is slow and steady mm-hmm. self-love is so and steady and continuous continuous never ending never ends if it ends it's either because you're dead <laughs> or <laughs> or you have res- like achieved self-love self-actualization which doesn't exist so yeah. it's option one so <laughs> it's option one that's yeah, it. I think giving like like you were just saying patience. I think patience is the number one ingredient to a, a healthy relationship with your mind and body. Yes, just being patient, being gracious yes. with yourself, forgiving yourself. Yes. Exactly, you being know? being patient. Results are not immediate. If something is giving you immediate results with your body, it is not doing you any good. Yeah, ask if it's sustainable for you. Yeah, you know, please. Like when I was eating one meal a day. Was that sustainable in any capacity? No. I gave up on that pretty quickly. But the weeks I was doing it, I was like, this could be a pretty dark path I take myself down if I continuously think about the numbers and how, oh, my God, the numbers are getting lower. Lower numbers is better. And then that's like the little ding, 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 ding in your brain that gives you the gratification. Yep. It's just like social media, right? Like I post something. If the likes don't start immediately rolling in, I'm like, what did I do wrong? I'm like, oh, my God. the wrong time? Yeah. And is that's it a good horrible. post? Horrible. That's really horrible to talk about. It sucks. Thank but at the end of the day, that. I feel that way too. Who again, if your content is good and your intentions are good, the results will be good regardless of the numbers, right? Yeah. How why have I still kept up with your social media? A person that I went to Garba with once in high school. <laughs> yes. Why, right amazing night like I will not forget it but when you think about that like Mm. it was the fact that you had a profound impact on me just with your energy with your grace with your positivity and kindness and that is more important than any number will ever be or any negative opinion to think about yourself oh my god I'm literally literally just You're welcome. <laughs> you are so very welcome. Thank you so much. Oh, Thank you course. so much. Oh my goodness. I you touched my heart so deeply. And of course, I wouldn't be here if the feelings weren't so mutual. Thank you. For this real. is just a love fest, guys. It is a love fest. <laughs> no real information will be shared at the end of this. <laughs> just it's just me crying into my microphone and you <laughs> weeping mic. back into your Zoom. That's it. <laughs> But you know, that's, I think that's enough. That's a good, yeah, that's a good lesson. So do you have any last messages to share things to plug? We love plugging things on the pod. (laughs) I I plug the pod to literally everybody. (laughs) So, so yes, first of all, I just want to thank you so much for having me on here and for sharing your story and your vulnerabilities, vulnerabilities, there we go, English, with me. Um, and for allowing me to do the same with you, just creating an open space and a vulnerable space um, that is beautiful. Um, and I think so necessary. And um, something that I think I just want to like leave with is just um we as human beings are who we are as people, our bodies, every single ounce of who we are is needed. 
is necessary. It is purposeful. And there are days where even myself, I feel like I have lost sight of that. And I think that's normal and that's human. But at the end of the day, may we never forget um, all that is to come of our lives, of us, of our relationships, of who we are. And let us like embrace that you know, our, our bodies, our minds, our personalities, they cannot be changed, but that they can only grow. And as soon as I realized, oh, I'm legitimately never going to look like that. I can only be the best version of me. That's when things changed. Um, when we fully accept who we are, when we just like hone in on who we are, that is when life will just totally explode for you. I mean, that's when it started to explode for me because I was like, oh, I'm Tara. This is what Tara does. You know, I, I stopped focusing on the things I didn't have and started focusing on all the things that I do. And every, every person has something that no one else has. And, and do not feel guilty. Do not feel um, selfish. Do not feel self-centered for celebrating yourself because when we celebrate ourselves, then we can freely celebrate other people. And that is what living is all about. And if I'm on a plug, I did just come out with um, an EP last August and a single in December. My name is Tara Willey, T-A-R-A-W-Y-L-L-E-Y. You can find me on Spotify and Apple Music primarily. Um, and my EP is called Little Room and my single is called Sober. If you want to check it out, feel free. I just make music because it's fun and I love to express myself in that way. Um, or also follow me on Instagram at Tara underscore Willie. Yes. So. Do all of those things. <laughs> Thank you. I, en- I endorse it. I wouldn't have had her if I didn't endorse it. Thank you. Do Thank all you. of those things. Please. If you're listening, if you're a beautiful listener, a rupee, if you will. Rupee. <laughs> some, someone at work, someone at work was like, do you call your listeners rupees? And that was the funniest shit I heard in my entire life. I was like, rupee groupies done. That's exactly that, what it is. Yes. yes. So, Roop Nation, let's go. Roop Come Nation. on. Hashtag Roop Nation. <laughs> Hashtag oh, Roop I Nation. can't wait to use that on my Instagram tomorrow. <laughs> Let me know whenever you publish this and I'm going to be. It's going up in the morning, my girl. I have noticed, I, again, this is the one area that instant gratification for me is very helpful because it motivates me. So, <laughs> you have to use the things <laughs> that typically hurt you as motivation. That's <laughs> when it's healthy. Right. Boom. Boom. You said it right there. Yes. It's perspective. It is perspective. It is reframing. Yes, right? it is. Like there, every situation we go through, as long as we have a good reframe, that's how we get, that is how we handle, right? That's how we get through. I'm going to reframe. I reframe everything I do. I'm like, oh, like I didn't get anything done today. I just sat in bed and watched Netflix. And my reframe is at least I had a nice day of Netflix. Yeah. And I was able to recharge and decompress. We yeah. don't always have to all be productive, crazy beings. Mm-hmm. Nothing Please. happens to us. It always happens for us. Amazing. But again, Miss Terribly, thank you 
so much for appearing on Listen. We're so happy to have you. I'm so thrilled you were here. And as always, everyone, thank you for joining me this week on Listen. Make sure to visit our Twitter page at Listen with Roops, my Instagram at Listen with Roops, or Facebook, which is also, you have probably guessed it, at Listen with Roops. (laughs) Thank you so much again. Stay safe. Stay indoors. Stay warm, depending on where you are. For those of you who have snow, I hate you. And not a good evening to you. Um, And have a wonderful rest of your week.